Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. It's the final installment of our Worthy in Love series that was kicked off by Veronica Grant's podcast tour. And I kept running with it because really, if we don't feel worthy in love, if we don't truly believe we are worthy of love, how can we expect to have happy, healthy relationships in which we thrive, in which we remain the best version of ourselves, that version of ourselves that we cultivated, that we learned to love and cherish during our single season, and then step into a relationship that enhances everything that we're about. A relationship where we're free to be ourselves, a relationship that honors what Ken Page calls our core gifts. We want to be fully seen, fully appreciated, and fully loved for who we are. So another name that kept coming to mind when I was thinking about worthy in love was Anita Stoudmire. She is the creator of Better Love Movement. Anita is all about real talk. And what I love about Anita is she doesn't pull any punches. Women in the Better Love Movement community maintain high standards because they know they are worth it. And they also know that when they treat themselves with love and respect, others will follow suit. What does Dr. Phil say? We teach people how to treat us. So true. Here's a little bit more about Anita. Anita Stoudmire is a licensed professional therapist and love mentor who founded Better Love Movement, an online coaching business that helps women of all ages master their feminine power and create the relationships they want. She also has a private counseling practice in Virginia and works with individuals as well as couples. Anita is passionate about all things love and relationships as she knows that the quality of our lives are that much richer when our personal relationships are healthy and fulfilling. She creates online courses, is an author, speaker, and host of the Better Love Movement podcast. My conversation with Anita Stoudmire of Better Love Movement, right after this. Have you heard? You can now listen to my book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. As you know, I wrote the book I wish had been available to me when I was single. So obviously, it's not about how to snag a man. Rather, it's all about how to stay strong amidst single shaming and remain true to yourself and never settle for anything less than an extraordinary relationship. Find it on Audible or iTunes. And for a free sample, check out Chapter 11 of Single is the New Black in Episode 145 of Love and Life. Anita, welcome to the program. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great to have you back. I just want you to know that as I was considering this topic about worthy in love, your work came to mind. You are very passionate that women maintain high expectations and step into a, a, a love that 
that's worthy of them. Mm-hmm. And yet, of course, if we aren't feeling worthy of love, worthy in love, it's very hard to keep those expectations high. So I was wondering if you could just speak to that a little bit, because I, I think you have a lot to say on this subject. We are going to make lots of missteps if we don't feel worthy. We're going to be more outwardly focused instead of inwardly focused. So we need to keep our focus on us, how we feel, uh, what we think about what we see in front of us, what we're hearing. We've got to keep our focus inside of us instead of worrying about what other people think of us. Yeah, I think that's something that we can get into the habit of going on a date with the, oh, I hope he likes me and I hope I say something witty and funny and I hope that I'm flirty and cute instead of checking in with ourselves. Like, how am Mm -hmm. I feeling? Am I feeling safe with this person? Does this person seem genuine? And so we have to pull back. And yes, we want to be curious and inquisitive and ask them lots of questions about themselves, but we have to be sitting with that experience of being in space with this person and how we're feeling with him. Right. That's right. And checking in, like you said, with us, checking in with how we feel in every moment of that. So what do you say to your your women you work with and your clients when they do struggle because they're so out of touch with themselves? Mm -hmm. They've been so used to performing even to get the attention, to get the affirmation, the validation, that the idea of just letting someone be and letting themselves also just be is so foreign. They're just in that performative mode. I say it's important to, number one, practice. So I've really been talking with a lot of my clients lately on practicing. So they've got to practice this and preferably with men that maybe, you know, don't necessarily like give them butterflies right away or um, that make them think, oh, this could be my husband. Oh, I just want you to practice on lots of different men, whether that's through dating or you can practice with your male friends. I've been talking to women about that, the importance of having male friends and even Mm -hmm. practicing with them, even if there is no romantic interest, but getting practice will help them so much. So many of my ladies have been saying that, like, oh, you're so witty and you know what to say and when to say it. I said, well, I've had lots and lots of practice. So that's why I want you all to practice, too. Mm-hmm. And then for those who would say something like, well, Anita, I don't feel confident enough to just be myself and check in with myself. I feel that I have to not, I don't want to say put on a show, but I have to, because they have that lack of, of self-worth, they don't feel that come as they are is enough, that they feel like they have to do something extra to get the attention, get the validation. What do you say to them? So that's where your personal work comes in. I know as a former codependent, so as someone who's still recovering from codependency, the word of the day was inauthentic. So Mm. a a true codependent does not feel comfortable being themselves. They're going to offer up, you know, what they believe is the best version of themselves. They're they're really going to struggle with being themselves and feeling like they can be loved for who they are. 
but you've got to do that inner work. So whether that's with a therapist or a coach, that's where that work on yourself is going to come in. You're going to really work on that because like I said, as a former codependent, that was, that was just how I operated being inauthentic, you know, serving up who I thought, whoever that was, who they wanted me to be. And now I realize, you know what, who I am is just fine. And I, and it's, it is easier for me now because I don't have to change that depending on who I'm with. Like I can just be who Anita is with everybody. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot less uh, draining to try to, you know, figure out, okay, who does this person need me to be? And who does this person need me to be? Now I just show up as me. So freeing to be able to just be yourself. And yep. of course, when we talk about codependent relationships, the tendency for the person to then need to be needed. So unfortunately, the codependent is going to unwittingly look for someone who will need them, right? Like the the classic addict, right? Who the codependent unknowingly, even in on the surface, these efforts to help the addict get clean. But what happens is the, the codependent feels more comfortable if the addict stays sick because then he needs her. And that that lack of confidence that I can be in a relationship with someone who wants me as opposed to needs me. Right. That's right. That's right. But that's where the inner work comes in. You've got to do that work. It's a journey. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen if you're committed to staying with yourself. So not abandoning yourself to try to be this authentic self to all these different people. No, stay with yourself, be who you are, know that that's good enough. And that's how you're going to show up with everybody. So Anita, for someone who might say, they might push back and say, well, Anita, uh, I don't feel that I'm good enough. And my dad was never around and my mom was busy. And when she was home, she was cranky and drinking and said mean things to me. I don't, fundamentally, I don't believe that I am enough. And I don't believe I'm really worthy of love because if my mom and dad didn't love me, then how could I expect anyone else to? Right. This is where the reparenting is going to be helpful. So it's a process that I pretty much take all of my clients through. I teach them how to reparent themselves because, you know, truth be told, all of us came from some form or another, some form of dysfunction. And Uh, once we're adults, we've got to take over that responsibility of, okay, I might have to reparent myself. I might have to be gentle with myself. I might have to make sure that there's a voice in my head that speaks to myself lovingly. I am meeting my own needs. I don't have to go outside of myself to get all of my needs met. I'm able to do that on my own. But that's something I take every single client I have. I've talked to them at length about the reparenting process because everyone has a story, you know, whether it's like you said, dad wasn't around or mom was busy or someone was addicted to something or, you know, everybody has a story. So I encourage every adult person to look into reparenting. Yeah. And that's so crucial because again, we're going to play out in family systems theory. We talk about the recapitulation of family of origin issues. So if I haven't 
moved through some healing, then my tendency will be, and I'm sure you see this with your clients, is to recreate those dynamics from childhood in my adult relationships. So because dad wasn't around, I'll try to get that emotionally unavailable guy to stay with me to somehow heal and correct what didn't happen in my childhood. And that really gets to a point that I want to hit on, which is if I'm just looking for my partner, if my my search for love is all about trying to fill this void, then I'm really, and it's funny because women will get mad at men objectifying women, but if I'm just looking for a void to be filled, I'm objectifying that man. I just need him to fill this wound, you know, heal this wound, fill this void. I need him to complete me. I need to be validated. And it's interesting to look at it that way. And I'm sure you see that. So what kinds of strategies do you suggest to your clients to help them recognize, is this a really good fit or is this, I'm just filling a void here? So a person who feels worthy, they're always going to assess what would not work for them. That's one of the markers I tell a lot of women is if they're not able to, to at least pinpoint one or two things about this person, if they can't ask themselves the question, can I be with someone who, and then fill in the blank, right? They're, they're going to assess what doesn't work for me. And they have to do the work of collecting the data on that person. And then once they find out, okay, this person smokes, this person maybe hates animals, you know, and they love animals, like they've got to really ask themselves, can I be with someone who smokes? You know, that's how they're going to know the difference. People who are just filling a void, they never ask themselves those questions. They'll just take the person as is. They're like, yep, this, this is going to, this is going to do for now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. They never seem to ask that question. But if I'm taking the time to say, mm, can I be with someone who doesn't like animals? Can I be with someone who smokes? Can I be with someone who drinks, you know, to intoxication on the weekends? You know, we're going to take the time to ask ourselves that question, but the character of the person, we've got to identify that, you know, as quickly as we can. That's the first thing I tell people to try to knock out, try to really get to know what this person's character is before you're you're getting overtaken by the physicalness of them or what they look like or how much money they make. Um, but when we want to fill a void, we usually move quickly into the relationship. So when a woman is telling me, oh, I met this great guy and it's been three weeks and he wants to move in. I'm like, <laughs> no, you're, yeah, there's something going on here because yeah, who, who does that? He, he's a stranger. You don't know him. So that tells me, yeah, I want to, you know, fill a void that I have. I'm lonely or there's, there's something familiar about this person and it's probably not a good thing. It's probably a trauma from childhood that feels so familiar to you. So mm-hmm. let time do what it's supposed to do. Time is a great equalizer when it comes to really knowing if this person's a good fit for you. Yeah. And I always encourage people to think about that pacing that you spoke to, mm-hmm. that you can rush a good thing. And Honestly, I encourage my my ladies in my community to think about it's a little creepy if someone after just a couple of weeks acts like yeah. they're madly in love with you. They they have no way to be madly in love with you. They 
are only projecting onto you who they hope you are. They just don't have right. enough time with you. They don't know enough about you. And in that case, I'm thinking he's just trying to fill a void with me. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. So you should be wary. Yeah. And along those lines, I think that's something that then women can step into if it's just about that void and they can lose themselves in a relationship because mm -hmm. again, it's so all consuming because that void, they're coming from this place of neediness mm -hmm. and yep. then the relationship becomes the most important facet of their lives. And in fact, even can be higher in the hierarchy of importance in their life than their own self. Right. How do you encourage women to figure out how to experience true intimacy without totally losing themselves in that relationship? So first and foremost, you should have a life. It should be filled <laughs> with things that you love, things that you're passionate about. It should be filled with good friends. It should be filled with your family. If you have children, if you have pets like I do, you should have a rich, full life. There should be things that you enjoy doing uh, alone and with others. And the idea is to fold the person into that. And they're going to in turn fold you into their life. That's how that should work. You both have lives. And when you meet each other, you don't suspend those lives. You fold each other into the other person's life. That's how that's supposed to go. So there are things that, because I'm so passionate about them, if I'm dating someone new, I don't abandon my friends. I don't abandon my dance class. I don't abandon um, walking my dog in the evening. You know, I'm going to continue to do those things and I will fold that person into the life that I have. So again, taking our time, um, there's no need to rush, especially if we're looking for something real and genuine. We want to take our time. So over time, we just fold that person in to what our life is really like. And I think it's so important because it communicates to the person we're getting to know our values, our standards. I think sometimes women think, well, I don't want him to think that I wouldn't be super attentive, loving girlfriend. Well, I'm like, he'll learn that. But not in the first three weeks. In the first three weeks, he needs to learn that you have values, that you honor your commitments, that you don't just drop every friend you have to be with, at his beck and call in the first couple months of knowing him. Because any guy who's worth anything is going to think see that that is very flaky and it won't really uh, – he won't admire the value of, wow, well, she just drops her friends at the, at the drop of a hat. So when I first met my husband – the first couple of weeks, it was dicey because he was coaching his son's football team and he had this golf trip that he goes on every year with all his best friends. And so I think we went on a date and it was like maybe three weeks before we went on another date. And I remember at first I'm like, dang, this man, I mean, come on now. We had a good date. He should be wanting to see me again. But then I took a step back. I checked myself and I thought, well, you know what? Wow. He's a great dad. And wow, I admire that. Yeah. He's not just going to blow off his kid's football games to come see me, that would be a really a horrible person, honestly, who would do that for some girl he just met, right? And yeah, he honors and values his friendships with these guys and this commitment to this trip that they've done for years. And so I admired that. So we have to remember, you're showing the person who you are and you're watching who they are. And you should admire that they remain committed to the things that mattered to them before. 
Right. That's exactly right. I had an incident recently where a gentleman had approached me for a date and he sent a message on Sunday morning and he was coming from about 90 minutes away. So he sent a message on Sunday morning and said, hey, I'd love to drive down and take you out, take you to the local park and then take you to a part of town that's very artsy. And, oh, we could have, you know, lunch. And he had had all these grand plans. And I said, well, you know, you're you're contacting me the morning of and I've already made plans. You know, I've already made plans for today. I really appreciate a little more notice. But no, I wasn't going to drop the plans I already had with my daughter and other plans that I had. Uh, And that gentleman did not reach out again. And I am perfectly okay with that because, you know, you have to understand I have a life that's already in progress. I'm open to someone sharing it, but I'm not going to put my whole life on the back burner like that. And you learned everything you needed to know about him. So (laughs) saved yourself a lot of time. Yeah. (laughs) Because if he didn't respect your choice to maintain your commitments, then you guys are clearly not a fit. So forget that. Mm -hmm. You know, it reminds me of something you spoke to earlier about the former version of Anita was more Mm -hmm. prone to try to contort yourself, maybe be the person, more that people pleasing energy that you were putting out there. And it sounds like you've really reined that in to present the authentic Anita to everybody and let the chips fall as they may, which I think is, again, like we said, so freeing. Did you remember any kind of specific steps you took or was that more of a long process of just kind of coming home to your authenticity? It was just a long process. So it was, you know, creating this amazing life that I have. And that took a time period too. I said, you know what, I'm going to create a life that I absolutely love. I'm going to create a business that I absolutely love and um, clients that I love working with, like everything about my life, I truly, genuinely love. And so because I truly, genuinely love it, I'm not going to abandon it and I'm not going to abandon myself. And that was what helped me to be my authentic self. Like I've created this. This is amazing. And I'm not going to just lay it down the morning of someone saying, hey, I, you know, I'm coming in 90 minutes. No, no, I have things going on and it, they're amazing. However, you know, and I did offer up, I said, you know, today's Sunday, but next Sunday would be fantastic. Next Sunday, I would be more than happy to, but I never heard from him. So again, I am truly in a good place because I didn't think anything of it. I was like, hey, they're telling me everything I need to know. That's not the person for me. I love how you put it. Like, I got a good thing going on here. I have created this fantastic life. I'm not going to abandon it and I'm not going to abandon myself. I think that's getting back to the theme of worthy in love. Mm -hmm. If we believe we're worthy in love and of love, we don't abandon ourselves. And it is a process and it takes, like you said, doing the work. And once we've done that, though, we can step into a relationship that's a true partnership. And really, if we don't do the work, I don't think it's possible to be in a truly equitable relationship. I think one or the other of us 
is like you said, either got some codependent energy going on. You've either got some neediness. Someone's trying to complete the other person. Someone's trying to get validation for who they are. Someone's trying to put their emotional well-being in the hands of their partner, like make me happy, all Mm -hmm. these sorts of things, which really leads to the point of how do we step away from a draining relationship? And I think it's everything you've said is you have to honor yourself. You can't abandon yourself. Anything less than that will right. be a draining relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And I had uh, spoke to this maybe about a week ago when I was talking to a group of clients and I said, you know, it's my estimation that about 80% of women do have some form of codependent trait. And it's, it's prevalent. You know, I, I see it so often in lots and lots of my clients. I said, and I want us to get on that journey to recovering from that, that it's okay to say no, it's okay to, you know, love ourselves first, to, to put ourselves first. It's totally okay. We're going to consider other people, but we're going to consider ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard one for women who have been socialized, I think, to be so giving and nurturing and so often blurring those boundaries and not realizing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I especially see this with women early on in the relationships as you spoke to, that that pacing and that timing is so crucial and critical. And it's really a way that we demonstrate to ourselves, first and foremost, and to the person we're getting to know, I am worthy of you taking the time to get to know me and not trying to rush things and make this something dysfunctional. Like I'm worthy of that. And I'm worthy of that respect and that you honor who I am. And, and that communicates even in those early days that we know that we are worthy of love. That's it. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have any parting words? And then for sure, let everyone know where to grab your book and where to connect with you if they'd like to work with you or see what you got going on on social media. Yes. So... Parting words for today is, ladies, it's so important that you do your own work. It really, really is. I saw a post just this morning that talked about the importance of being really good alone and that when we get really good at being alone and feeling good in our aloneness, that that's actually very helpful in our togetherness. So it's when we're alone and we're feeling good about being alone, we're feeling confident and strong and we're not looking outside of ourselves all the time, that actually helps us to be better in a relationship. And I thought, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> like we've got to master that aloneness and that, that wholeness in our aloneness. And then when that relationship comes, it's going to make it that much better. So I yes. really want women to work on that, work on, you know, that one is a whole number and really appreciate that wholeness that is them, just just all in by themselves. Mm, yes, so true. I love that. 100% mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. You may find my latest book. It is written for uh, the single woman. It's called Choose Well, A Simple Formula to Determine the Best Man for You. 
And I wrote this book for the younger version of myself because I really sucked at choosing good men. (laughs) And so that's something I have learned over all these years. So please check that out. Check out my website, www.betterlovemovement.com. And you can pick up my new book on Amazon now. And Better Love Movement on all the social channels? That's right. Every social channel out there, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram is Better Love Movement. Great. Thanks again, Anita. I appreciate it. Thank you. The love and life hack for this week is we got to do the work. But the beautiful thing is, like all work, it may be difficult in the moment, but there's always a reward. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing a portion of your day with us. I hope you've been inspired and motivated by Anita's work and her wisdom and her tangible steps for believing that we are worthy of love. For more practical strategies for leveling up your love life, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com and grab your copy of my free Empowered Dating Playbook. It's grounded in cognitive behavioral therapy and it gives you the strategies that you need to make sure you are dating empowered. Take charge of your thoughts, take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen anderson Abril, and until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abril.